0: Welcome to the World of Critical Care podcast. Today we're on our next step in the ICU. So we've covered the first two weeks. The goal of how we lay those critical foundations to understand the workday flow. We're able now to understand the basics of the day, how we receive report, how we kind of structure our day, how rounding works. We understand how we do our assessments, when we do our assessments, when we give our medications, We're starting to get more familiar, too, with the charting of some of the foundations, so our vitals, our INOs, our assessment, our daily cares. The goal of those first two weeks is not really to get into the physiology and the pathophysiology and why we do what we do and what we're doing with meds. The goal of those first two weeks is just to help you build that structure so that now we can operate within that structure and start filling in the gaps. I think weeks three through eight is where we really start to explain why we are doing what we are doing. I think this is a great time to take a second ICU patient. On occasion, you need a third week of being one-to-one, which can be very hard to convince You know the, the managers on a unit that you maybe need that, but some people just need a couple more shifts Of just having one patient to get a little more comfortable with the basics. Most people, though, by week three are ready for two ICU patients. It's really important to have the right kind of ICU patients. The goal would be to have patients with different health backgrounds. They're there for different reasons. So we have two different pathophysiologies we can discuss. We have different medications we can discuss, and we can have totally different care plans we're discussing. So I really like to have two ICU patients at this point, because it just opens up the opportunities to have more conversations, and it's just a better learning experience. But it's important, especially as a preceptor, so someone who's training that nurse, you really need to give your input on getting the right kind of patients. Because if those two patients are too busy, you're going to it's going to start affecting the way in which you can train because you'll be so tied up in the cares of the patient, that it can be very difficult to have a few moments throughout your day to sit down and do the teaching that is so critical and important in this phase. Training a nurse in this phase, to be honest, is exhausting, because you have to absolutely explain every single thing you are doing. You have to explain why. Many times it's not just explaining it once, it's explaining it two to three times. Never assume that someone knows it. Keep explaining, explaining, explaining. If you're a nurse fresh in the ICU and you're in this period and your preceptor, so the person who's training you, is not constantly talking and constantly explaining, ask why on every single thing you do. The most important thing to understand now is the why behind how we function in the ICU. So for me, when I'm training nurses in this phase, my emphasis starts from the beginning of the day with the plan. What am I doing to formulate my plan? So for me, I do usually take about 30 minutes, 15 minutes for each patient. And with the nurse there, I could like to go through, personally, the labs from the night before I like to read any physician or provider notes about what's been going on. I like to look briefly at their health history if there's a physician note to just kind of confirm what we got in report. And then I like to think about what happened in the last 24 hours, and what do I expect in the next 12 hours? And, and I'm very specific about what I'm looking at, why I'm looking at it, and then I'm basically talking out loud, my thoughts out loud this whole time walking through Okay, for the next four hours, here is my plan for this patient. And for the next four hours, here's my plan for this patient. And generally, we hope to accomplish this, this, or this. Or I think we're going to do this, this, or this. The next thing I like to think about and and, and to get nurses thinking about early on is rounds. Every physician that they sometimes round differently and at different times, but I'm always thinking about as The providers are creating their care plan for that patient. Is there anything that's missing that I need to get them to help them make a good decision? So that's another thing I'm always trying to get nurses to think about and help them understand that They are, in many ways, that gatekeeper for information. And sometimes night shift, maybe they didn't validate vitals well, or maybe the INOs are off, or maybe there's some labs that weren't addressed. Or maybe we go in really quickly at 7.15 in the morning, we take a look at our patient, and we thought they were on two liters. They're on 15 liters of oxygen. There's There's all sorts of little things like that that's really important in your planning process so that you can quickly get the information to the providers before they start doing rounds. And so these are all things I talk about early in the morning, so I like to have about 30 minutes where we just talk through all of this for each one of our patients. But again, it's important to have the right kind of patience so you're able to have this conversation. And it's also important to have someone training you, willing to do this. And if that's not happening, then ask these kinds of questions to help you understand this. Because these are those things that are really, really valuable. The next thing I like to think about is, who should I see first if you have two patients? And this is where there's a lot of different things that can go into play but I like to explain, in general, I would see this patient first, then this one. Or I would do this, then this. And I like to explain the reasoning behind it. I try not to be overly dogmatic because that's something that's not, there's often not a really right or wrong answer, but I at least like to explain why we're doing it. At this point, what I like to do is have clear defined goals for the person who's being trained, especially weeks like three, four, five, and 6. So for me, I like to help them create goals for roughly one to two hours. So that might be go get medications. We're going to go see this patient. We're going to go in the room. We're going to assess this patient. We're going to check high and O's. We're going to do our vitals. And we're going to chart it all in the room as we go. After that, we're going to go see our other patient. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to come back to the other patient, and we need to get them up to the chair. You know, I try to provide really concrete goals for the orientee that are not too overwhelming. I'm not going to set four to six hours of work. I'm going to set, okay, here's like 60 minutes to two hours worth of work, and let's work through it. And, of course, you're going to do this with them. But this helps provide some structure, and you're able to talk through teaching them to create some systems in place to help segment the ICU day so that you don't get overwhelmed when you just see a 12 hour day in front of you with endless tasks. And so this is something that you can really start early and I think it's really, really valuable. The next thing I would like to do is focus a lot on the medications they're giving at this point and why that we're giving them, what are some of our concerns, I'm personally really big on teaching my patients about the meds or the family, what we're doing with our medications and why. I found that families love it when you explain what the meds are, what the dosing is, what are our concerns, what's it doing. And so for me, I have found that not only is it great for families and the patients, but it's also a great opportunity just to talk about that with the RNT or the person training. And so it's usually like a great beneficial situation. It's not weird. Just looking up the meds. And so a lot of times I'll just be super open with the family or the patient. Hey, I'm like, hey, we're training today. We want to just learn a little bit more about these medications. So we're going to take a little bit longer. We're going to look some of these meds up as we're going. And so a lot of times, like on R, MAR, we're able to just boom, click a link and it and it pulls up lexicomp. Boom. We can see the meds. We can kind of talk through the meds. You know, it, a lot of times, yes, this slows your day down, but this is what it means to become a phenomenal ICU nurse. I think it's these details. I think it's willing to take these extra two to three minutes and learn about the meds. Yes, it takes forever. Yes, you're gonna feel behind. Even as an experienced nurse, you're gonna feel like things are slow. You're gonna feel like things are taking too much time. And yes, If you're a brand-new nurse training, it is taking more time than normal. That's okay. And that's a really hard aspect to understand, especially in this phase when you have two patients. You constantly feel like things are slow. And that is normal and expected, but that's how we become those really awesome ICU nurses. So I'm really big on looking up all the medications And then it's just constant review over and over and over. And that just helps really cement that in Orientee's minds about why we're doing what we're doing with the medications. And honestly, I remember doing that probably the first two years I was in the ICU, pretty much looking up every med over and over and over just to remember. and, And I'm still doing that. It just takes a lot of time to drill that in. The next thing that I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty big on is trying to set aside two kind of 20 to 30-minute teaching moments in the day. Often it's something like 10.30 to 11.30 in the morning and then somewhere like 3 o'clock in the afternoon to have some time to talk about the pathophysiology of each one of our patients. And this involves often a lot of teaching, Sometimes you as a preceptor may not be fully familiar. You have to refresh yourself. And so that can mean sometimes sitting down on YouTube and, hey, it's like, hey, we're going to watch a 10-minute Khan Academy video on this specific pathophysiology, and then let's talk about what's really going on with this patient. And then what you can do is you can talk about any kind of interventions that are normally done. We can talk about the medications associated with it. We can talk about typical course in the ICU. We can talk about here are some of the things we're really worried about. Here are some of the signs for improvement. I think this is important because it's exhausting as someone training an orientee because often you finally get a 30-minute break, and you want to take a 30-minute break. You want to stop talking. But I think this is what really pushes people to that next level. This is how preceptors trained me years ago. I could not be more thankful for the people who trained me because they did this. When there was 20, 30 minutes of downtime, they would sit down and pull up videos explaining, you know, the different heart valves and explaining what was happening. And they would sit there with me and just talk through all these things. And You know, it was really an unbelievable experience because you not only start to understand, okay, if this happens, we do this, but you say, okay, no, I understand the pathophys. I actually understand the pharmacology now, and it helps you just think more clearly. But I I think the, the real value of it is it also helps you as a nurse be able to communicate these things to families and patients. And it helps you also think like a provider or a nurse practitioner or somebody or a PA. Because often they're managing so many patients, you're also able to start getting ahead of things. As you start to see things change, you understand the big picture. You understand what's going on. And I think this is really that instilling that educational mindset to, student or, or to, to our orientees of, of kind of becoming like a student becoming someone who constantly wants to learn. And I think as a preceptor, someone training, you can instill that in a new nurse. And I think if you're a new nurse, that's the mindset you want is is like a student right now, just to absorb everything you can and be constantly learning. This period of time should feel like school. And this gets to the last thing I do, and I'll, I will admit some orientees do not like that I do this, But I like to give homework, and I started doing this because my preceptors years ago did this to me, and I am so thankful they did. In the first few weeks, so for me, I like to do this around weeks three to six. I like to make sure that students or orientees really start to understand their lab values. So for me, typically, when we get towards the end of a shift, I'll be like, hey, this week, work on memorizing your complete metabolic panel, and and we'll talk through the labs during that week. But my goal is, I always tell them, like, in about four to five shifts, we need to have this memorized, the normal ranges. And typically, the week after that, we're going to add in a CBC. Now, it may not be the whole CBC all the way down, but I think it's valuable to talk about things like here's a basophil, here's a neutrophil, here's here's what they mean. What's a normal hematocrit? What's what's a normal hemoglobin? And and, and we can start talking through those things. But those are lab values that they really need to start getting in their mind. I also like to start to quiz people a little bit on the really critical medications that we do in our ICU. Now, every ICU is a little different. You might have a, a, a general ICU which is gonna see a bit of everything. And then if you're a specialized ICU, sometimes there can be medications that you just do all the time. This is where if we have one of those medications on a shift, often I'll tell the person I'm training, hey, this is a medication. You know, here's the ranges, here's the dosing, here's why we would use it. Go home, look up the mechanism of action, and on our next shift, Let's see if you can explain it a little bit to me. Those are those little things that I think just help push people a little bit in this phase. It gives little bits to learn. And of course, sometimes people don't remember it, but sometimes it's just, even if they come back the next day and they remember the dosing and the ranges and how we titrate it or when we give the med, like those are huge wins because we're, we're just slowly adding pieces to the puzzle. During this time, I think, the goal is to have a variety of patients so that, you know, we're talking about roughly a six-week period. So over a six-week period. We could roughly get about 36 shifts. If you have 36 shifts, mostly two patients, we could potentially be 50, 60 different semi-unique types of patients would be the goal. And so I do like to... Try to have the largest variety of patients as possible during this time versus consistency. A lot of people really like to have the same patient multiple shifts in a row, especially people who are new in the ICU because it's familiar and it feels safe. And I understand that. I think it's more valuable, though, to just have more exposure to all sorts of different types of patients. And so that's something that I really do find valuable. Towards the end of this time, so typically we're moving in pretty close to week seven to week eight, there's two last things I like to do. First and foremost, I like to slowly start working through the system. So our neuro, our CV, POM, GI, etc. cetera. And what I like to do is often if we have any, if we have a slower day or we have a little time to to just work through some things. I like to talk about some of the critical issues that happen within that system, and then the patho, the farm, any kind of monitoring that we would do for that, and any kind of devices that we might use in this ICU to take care of that kind of patient. This is very, very time consuming, but I think it's something that it's just the exposure. You're just exposing the new nurse to these types of things. These are also things that, if you're being trained, you should be thinking about, I think. So, for me, these are things like let's take neuro, for example. You know, if you have a patient that has, you know, a subarachnoid, we can be talking about, okay, here's what a subarachnoid is. Here are some of the treatment options we have. Here's some of the medications we can do. You know, we, we can go talk about EVDs. We can, there's a lot of different things that we can kind of put our hands on and just get that first little bit of a A taste of those things. And we can talk about, hey, if here's one of our big concerns, it's vasospasm. Okay, what would we do to treat that? What would it look like clinically? And even though I currently work in like a cardiovascular ICU, we can have subarachnoid hemorrhages. Now, is that something you're gonna regularly see on our unit? No, but we also have a neuro ICU, and that's an opportunity where you could take your ORNT over to a neuro ICU and talk about it for five to 10 minutes. Have one of their nurses talk about it. These are those kind of things where we start to try to expose the nurses to as many things as possible within the different systems that they could see one day. You know, we moved to CV, so that's a little bit more into my world. So this could be things like, okay, here are the general types of post-op patients we have in our ICU. And we slowly just talk about them a little bit. Here are some of the different devices we have. You know, we can talk, hey, here's a balloon pump. Here's what it does. And we can spend one day 30 to 45 minutes on that. The next, you know, we can do another day on an impella. We can do a VV ECMO, a VA ECMO. We can just slowly get little little bits and pieces. I mean, of course, these things are something which they're not going to likely be taking in that first year. But that initial exposure, I think, is a great opportunity to slowly just start, again, we're filling in the pieces here. We're slowly building, and every exposure to these things tends to be a good exposure. The next thing that I, and it's kind of the final thing in this phase that I like to do, is to start checking some boxes in terms of some of the more stressful aspects that you'll start to encounter in the ICU. So, In the early phase, I like to, we're taking two patients, but often I'll have the nurse take, the orientee that I'm training, take one of the patients completely, and we kind of split duties on the other patient. And then the goal is is, as you slowly get to a point where as the preceptor, you're more and more hands-off to where that nurse feels comfortable taking completely those two ICU patients, often with your assistance. But they're generally able to do the charting, the the tasks, et cetera, by that week eight. In the week seven to eight, I do like to do a few challenging things. For me, that includes a couple things. I'm not a big fan of one-to-one acuities early in the process. And the main reason is because that's something that's so different than what they would be doing when they get off orientation. And, and the workflow is just so dramatically different with an acuity that I kind of like having the m- challenge of two different patients. But at this point, it is worth seeing an acuity. So an acuity on every unit could be something different. I mean, you could be in a medical ICU, and that could mean it's a CRT. You could be in a neuro ICU, and that this could be a patient that you know, it's a severe subarachnoid hemorrhage, and that they've been having severe vasospasms, and that, and they're and they're they happen to have multiple other issues, and so, you know, they're a high risk patient. We could be in like our CVICU, and, and you have a multiple device patient, so you're you're on VA ECMO with an Impella and on CRT. Seeing your unit specific acuities at this phase with a really experienced nurse I think is super valuable just to have a little bit exposure in a very, very controlled environment. I also really like to have some experience transferring a patient at this point, doing some of the trips, going to CT, going to MRI, doing things like having a rapid response patient, having a postcode patient. I do like to at least at some point, have an orientee see a code scenario at this point. Sometimes that might mean going to a code outside the ICU, but just to get a little bit of exposure to that. At the end of week eight, the goal is that an orientee can take two ICU patients and that they understand the workflow of the day They understand and are capable of formulating a plan for the day. They know the resources on who to ask for help. They know when they get over their head. They feel comfortable asking for help. And then at this point in the process, they've had a broad exposure to a lot of the primary types of patients that are in that ICU. To me, during this phase, it can be probably the most stressful period for new nurses because there is so much to learn every day, but you're also just learning the really basic skills to just get by taking care of two patients. And so I think at this phase, it's really important to have an honest check-in with the person you're training, or if you're a nurse being trained, be very honest with your preceptor about their perception of how you're doing, but also be honest with yourself about how are you doing at this phase. There are times where this period needs to be extended several more weeks. Every unit is really different. Sometimes nurses are only getting like eight weeks and that's it. And some some units will do like eight, you know, six to eight weeks on day shift. And then you'll go to night shift for a couple of weeks and then boom, you're on your own at night. I really think that at a minimum, at the eight-week point, you still need a few more weeks to really get that flow where the, the person training is more hands-off and you're able to to be on your own a little bit more. But I really think that this eight weeks is likely the most challenging part, but also one of the most enjoyable parts if you really enjoy learning in the ICU. I wanted to finish the episode with just an encouragement to nurses, maybe who are listening to this, who are in those first couple months of training and they're really struggling or that possibly some of the things I've been talking about that they're preceptor, they're just not, they don't feel like they're getting this information. They feel like they're kind of being left on their own. And I think that's something where you just need to ask as many questions as possible. And do not feel bad about bothering your preceptor. These are those kind of things that really can help you succeed in the long run. And even if your preceptor still not receptive to your questions and they're giving you information, hopefully this podcast gives you ideas about things to research on your own, to look up on your own, that you can help start creating some of your own goals for yourself during your shifts and for your weeks, and then at your month, and then two months in, and then three months in, you can really start creating kind of your own goal for growth in the ICU, even if your preceptor is not giving you that. So that's just something to always remember as you're going through the ICU. And even when you're off orientation, a lot of training that you're going to receive is honestly self-motivated, because it's going to be you seeing something you don't understand and saying, hmm, I wonder how this works, and then going learning about it. And I think you just start to realize the longer you're in the ICU, how little you know, but also how exciting that is because there's so many things to learn about. But with that, thanks for listening today. And my final episode will be a brief episode, kind of some of the check marks and kind of those key points we're looking for to know that we're ready to move out of the training phase and start to be an ICU nurse on our own.